0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the A Hurts to Mom podcast. I'm Lauren Rose, and today's guest is Courtney Bassard, empowerment coach, solo female travel enthusiast, chronic illness warrior, and host of the Journey to Limitless podcast. She's here to help you overcome hardship to pursue your dreams and live a life of freedom and joy. Welcome, Courtney. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat today. Yeah, so let's talk some about your chronic illness journey. Will you just kind of share that with us?
1: Sure, yeah, so I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis in August of 2019, and at first, um, you know, I kind of went through denial that I had something chronic, and I was trying to heal it on my own, and uh, over time, I just realized that I wasn't going to be able to heal this on my own, and it was time to bring in some Western medicine. That was about five months later. Um I had to go to the hospital in January of 2020 because at that point uh, I was severely depleted. I needed, mm-hmm. I almost needed a blood transfusion. Um, I, you know, they had to hook me up for uh, potassium, magnesium, which I was just really not in a good space. And by the time I got to the hospital, um, they diagnosed me with pan colitis, meaning that my, basically, my whole entire large intestine was severely altered. Uh, So from that point, they put me on Humira and I was in remission for two years. I was really well off, kind of went through denial again that I had something chronic. I was like, maybe this was just a one-time thing. So I was just kind of going about life. Uh, And then in the summertime, so summer of 2022, I started having symptoms again. And, you know, I I was trying really hard to get ahead of it. So, you know, went to my doctor, told them that I needed some medication. And then in September, uh, of yeah, 2022, a month later, um, I started having chest pains and I was 27 at the time. So I was like, I don't know why I'm having chest pains. And it was hours of it. So I ended up going to the emergency room and that's when they found out that I have myocarditis and float around my car. And it was kind of a mystery as why this happened, but they think it's because sometimes when you have inflammation in your body, it can go to different organs. And unfortunately, they think that that, it happened to me, it went to my heart. Um, And then the medication that I was on for my heart medicine, that flare that I was in took a nosedive faster than I could have ever thought possible. Again, by the time I got a colonoscopy, which I had to fight really hard for, my whole entire colon was severely diseased again, only six inches was not diseased. So then, you know, that was just a whole journey of you know, being in and out of the emergency room because no one was taking it seriously. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's kinda been kind of my journey. I'm in, re- I'm on my way getting into remission again, but um, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Well,
0: that's good news. I'm really glad that you're getting into remission, hopefully again. Talk about the mental toll that chronic illness has had on you.
1: Yeah. I don't think the mental toll of chronic illness is talked about enough. So I'm really happy that Mm -hmm. you want to talk about that today because um, that sometimes felt like that was harder than the physical symptoms. You know, I've always been a very, um, I think big, I'm a very future thinking person and going through chronic illness, you know, you really start to feel out of touch with yourself. And all you can think about is just getting through the next day, sometimes the next hour. And as somebody, like I said, who's very much future focused, um, that was difficult for me. I truly did not feel like myself. Um, and I really lost touch with who I was. I felt like I didn't, I felt like I lost my sense of purpose. I felt like I, um, I just felt like I wasn't in my body. I felt like I was, I just wasn't myself. Um, and I honestly lost in the midst of the hard times, I started to question. You know, I was going. It was in like the wide me" mentality a bit. You know, and it's just, it's like, and it's it's scary. It's scary to think that you have something for the rest of your life. There's a lot of fear. Um, there's a lot of anxiety. Um, you know, depression because you can't go and do things that you want to do. Like your life is so limited, and it's. It's really hard, and you know I've gone through that through both flares. But you know, being in remission, there's still times where I'm like, "Am I actually going to be able to go live the life that I want to?" Like, but yeah, it's it's a lot of anxiety when having something chronic, especially during the difficult times. It's a lot of it's a lot of fear and
0: yeah. Yeah. So I live with chronic pain I have for almost 30 years, and on. A good mental health day, I can handle. You know, my pain pretty well. I can get up. I can do some things. But if I'm having a bad, bad mental health day, if my depression is just in control or my anxiety is in control, it's even harder to deal with than the pain. So I totally get what you're saying. And yeah. when I had to stop working in 2017 because of my pain, I felt like I'd lost my purpose. So I totally get that too. I spent two years in a deep depression wondering what what now what's my purpose in life right cuz i had a, a great career and and this, this chronic life was not what i had planned for having to stop working was not what i'd been working for so yeah getting something like that i i get the feeling like you've lost your purpose
1: yeah and it's just yeah exactly what you said of like i didn't think that this was going to happen no one can plan for chronic illness and when it comes into your life uh again that you know there's that sense of like why why is this happening mm-hmm. you know um how can i move forward from this you know there's a lot of uncertainty that comes with chronic illness and uncertainty can stir up a lot of anxiety i mean it is mm-hmm. it's anxiety you know like what's gonna happen um, you know am i gonna be able to live my life what's what's gonna happen to all the dreams that I have what's gonna you know and it's um the uncertainty of it can definitely be really hard and yeah, that's, that's where a lot of it comes from me. And when my first flare up, um, you know, I was living alone back in 2019. So I spent, I was like isolating myself. It's very isolating mm-hmm. having a illness mm-hmm. in itself. Cause you know, you don't want to be in, you don't want to hinder people or you can't do what you want. You can't do all the things that you used to. So you spend a lot of time alone. And with all sort of colitis, it's like, I couldn't leave my house. Mm-hmm. Like I spent so much time. It felt like I had no quality of life, and yeah, trying to get a diet, trying to get better, trying to you know get your doctors to believe you. There was a sense of like, when is this going to get better? When am I going to stop suffering? And that's that's definitely really really hard on your mental health.
0: Yeah, I I started this podcast exactly because you know for thirty years it's been a very lonely, isolating journey. Um, And we don't realize how many people out there, I mean, one out of five people lives with chronic pain, one out of 12 people lives with chronic pain severe enough to affect their daily lives. That's a lot of people. I mean, that's 50 million people with chronic pain alone. And so I just, I feel like we needed to be talking about all of this more. Um, How important has it been for you to advocate for yourself and not just do what the doctors say?
1: That's everything. I mean, that's literally why I'm healthy right now.
0: Um,
1: When, yeah, so when I, after my heart stuff happened and, you know, my flare took a nosedive, I kept going to, I think I went to the emergency room about five times from the heart thing until the very end because doctors were not taking me seriously because my blood work kept coming out fine. And I had to push. To get my colonoscopy, which I knew was gonna be the next step in order to for anything to change. I knew they were gonna to have to do that. But it was just when I called my doctor the one day, they were like, hey, we're not gonna be able to get your schedule till December. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this was in October, by the way. So I was like, oh, so I'm supposed to go another two months in misery? I don't think so. That's not gonna work for me. So I ended up going to the emergency room. So I was like, well, I can't get a hold of my doctors. I can't, no one's taking me seriously. So I had to keep pushing. And that day that I went to the emergency room, you know, I ended up so with ulcerative colitis. There's a lot of times where you can see a lot of blood, and I was passing in a lot of blood in the mm-hmm. in the bathroom. And it was to the point that just moving, if I just moved, I had to go past blood, and I couldn't lay in certain positions. Like I could, I could hardly walk at some points, and walk just walking to the emergency, like the room that they were gonna put me in, I had to go past blood. So when I was in there, I was like. I want these doctors to take me seriously. So I'm going to take a picture of what's happening to my body. And when the doctors came in, they're like, hey, we we put in a push for you to get your colonoscopy. So we'll get you your paperwork and we'll send you home. And I'm like, no, you. And I showed them a picture and I was like, you got And I was in tears. And I'm very nice to my doctors, but I've had to lay down the line. I was like, you are not going to send me home. I was like, my quality of life, I cannot work, I cannot do anything except lay in bed because I'm in so much pain. And this is what's happening every single time.
0: So that was when
1: I heard them outside the room, like, we need to take this girl seriously. Like, she's very upset. We need to push for her. We need to advocate for her. But I've had to get stern with them. And I had to really put myself down. Like, no, that's not going to work for me. I need my quality of life back.
0: Wow, I'm glad that you thought of doing that, because yeah, you shouldn't be losing that much blood. I mean, that's obviously not normal. Something was obviously seriously wrong. Yeah, my
1: colon was entirely inflamed. And what they kept saying, because they kept not wanting to um, admit me into the hospital. mm -hmm. And that was because my blood work looked fine. And I looked at them and I was like, my blood work looking fine does not tell you how much pain I'm in on a day-to-day basis. Do you think that I wanna be in this emergency room five times this past month? No. I just want to feel better. I just want to not be in agonizing pain. You know, every single morning I was waking up and I was just crying. I'm like, this is not okay. You know, so they don't know. And, you know, I I have a lot of respect for doctors, but, and I know that ever since COVID, you know, things have just changed a lot in the healthcare system, but we still deserve care. That's why I told them.
0: You're right. I mean, we go to medical professionals, and we expect them to to help us and yeah. if they're not that is a problem i mean my sister in law she goes to the er once or twice a week for all, for for chest pain for stomach pain for all sorts of stuff for passing out nobody can figure out what's going on with her they they run basic tests they say we don't know why you're passing out go home and it's, uh, and we don't, we don't even know what's wrong with her, because they they just, they completely dismiss her, they hardly ever admit her, and it's, it's really frustrating.
1: I can't, I can't even imagine, because there's so many people, thankfully, you know, in my story, like, I have a diagnosis, but there's so many people, like, that's not the first time that I've heard that, and I, I just feel so sad for individuals who are going through, hardship and going through health stuff and do not have an answer as to what's going on like I don't know what that's like and I just I'm so sad about that you know I wish there was more that we could do to help them get care but yeah it's gonna take seeing different doctors and not just not just being blown off like you know your body better than anyone else and if doctors mm-hmm. keep blowing you off you just got to keep trying doctors who who will eventually take you seriously and so you can get the answers that you need but that's a lot I mean that's so man that's so difficult
0: yeah so speaking of difficulty what got you through all the hard times like dealing with both the UC and the myocarditis
1: honestly I like to pull from my life that I can get through hard things and with this flare that I just had I just kept thinking about the first time that I had this flare up and I was like, okay, if I can get through that where I'm almost passing out, you know, only seeing a blood transfusion, if I get ahead of this, I know that I will be okay. I know that I can get through difficult times, but the first time around, um, you know, I didn't have that proof, you know, I, what I honestly, one of the things that helped me get through the first time was listening to stories um, of people who have got a very similar shoes of me who have made it through. Um, there was a podcast that I listened to back in 2019 called the Thrive of IBD podcast. I don't think she's putting out episodes anymore, but yeah, there were some stories on there that I was like, okay, this is really difficult right now, but if this person can get through this and I, you know, I'm listening to the way that they advocated for themselves and listening to all the things that were helpful to them, if they can get through it, I can get through it too. So that was really powerful when I didn't have through in my own life, but Yeah, I just, I just remember the times that were really difficult for me. You know, I feel into my body, like I've been here before,
0: I can do this. That's awesome. So I know that there was an event you wanted to go to called the Empower Her Conference. Mm -hmm. And I saw that on your social media, how that, how important that was to you. How did you deal with the disappointment of having to miss that, that you were so excited to attend?
1: Man, I was so bummed. Because mm-hmm. um, I bought that ticket in January of 2022 and the event was in October. So, you know, there were months of, it, and mm-hmm. I love travel. So the fact that it was in Phoenix, like, i was so excited about it. Uh, and then about a month before, I was like, after the myocarditis, I was like, okay, all I want is to get to that event. And my sister's mm-hmm. supposed to come into town and things just were not getting better. Like, truthfully, like I was trying to get on prednisone and really just the most important thing to me was getting to that event. So the morning of that event, I had my bag counted everything. I had to go to the emergency room that morning because I just was not well. I was like, "There's no way that I'm going to be able to get onto an airplane. If I get to Phoenix, like, I don't know what's that, what that's going to do for my health." Like, I was in that bad, bad of a space. So that was really difficult. But what I so I remember getting home from the emergency room, they upped my prednisone to 60 milligrams that morning. That was the only thing they did for me. I remember sitting outside and I was just crying. And I was like, I may not understand why this is happening right now. And this is really frustrating. This really freaking sucks. But I know, I have faith that this is happening for some reason. That's what I just kept telling myself. And what I ended up doing was I ended up booking like a solo, like a solo weekend trip to the mountains. I live in Colorado, so I'm like, all right, I'll just go somewhere in the mountains, be less you know, it still gets me out of town. I go and got a massage and like a wellness weekend, kind of like poured into myself. Um, and that was like much easier on me, still really difficult, but, um, I went and did something for myself to kind of replace the FOMO that I was feeling from the events. But yeah, I just kept reminding myself, I may not understand this right now, but I just have faith that I will someday. This is serving me in some way.
0: And I love that you still took that weekend and did something for yourself on a smaller scale, but still something to take care of yourself and something that you would enjoy that. Those that are really good idea.
1: Yeah, I deserve that. You know, when we're going through difficult times, like one of the things that one of the things that was different from this flare up from then from 2019 is over the last few years, you know, that was, what was that 33 three year difference. I really built a foundation of self-worth and self-compassion that during that time, like the first time I was really mad at my body. Like I was punishing myself for going through this. I was so upset that, you know, it was, it was happening to me. Right. And this time it's like, this is happening and I deserve care during this time. Like my body needs more love during this time. I don't need to beat myself up. I don't need to be in this, um, you know, just hating myself. That's not going to get me to feeling better. So I really, really dove into self-care when I was going through the midst of the really difficult times was yeah I went and got a massage booked the trip and gave myself self gave myself compassion you know we need that when you're going through really difficult times it's not fighting fighting it isn't going to help you really gotta yeah just be compassionate with yourself
0: I completely agree I struggle with that I struggle with being hard on myself for the things that I can't do, but, you know, as my husband's always reminding me, you know, it's not, it's not my fault. There's nothing I can do about that. So I might as well, you know, give myself grace, give myself compassion.
1: It's necessary because, yeah, I mean, you can be doing all of the, all of the right things, right? And with chronic, chronic health issues, chronic pain, no matter what you do, it's just, it, these flare-ups can happen and it's not any like there's no reason to blame yourself for it I know it's like it's such a mental thing just in our minds you know we can think of all the things that we're maybe doing wrong or that we did to ourselves but like I don't know self-compassion is just such a and it helps like your nervous system calm down when you're just like okay I you know I, I've accepted that this you know I'm learning to accept that this is where I'm at right now and I deserve more care I can't help it that I'm going through this and um, I love myself I love myself enough to be compassionate with myself you know and that's a journey that every individual is going to be on. so if you're listening to this and you're like I'm not there yet like don't be yourself after that it's a journey you know but just starting to practice having grace and compassion can really go a long way in your healing journey
0: yeah one of the biggest things that I can do to have compassion for myself is to rest even if that's taking the whole day off because I can't, I'm just in too much pain or my depression or anxiety are really high. You know, I can I can take a day, it's okay. The world still spins.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and yeah, you'll be able to, the more that you allow yourself to rest, like that's gonna prevent you from burning out and making your condition worse. So like, I know rest is such a, sometimes it feels like with rest and the way that our society is, it kind of feels like we're going against the current. Like, oh, society mm-hmm. tells us that we need to do, do, do. And then we're trying to rest. And it, it, there's a lot of resistance there at first, but um, I was definitely there as well. And something that I've had to really take it into this view era. I'm like, okay, you really have something in sister. So like, you need to slow down. And I really want to rest. And probably after this, after this conversation, I'm going to go rest and maybe watch holiday dancing championship and chill out, even though it's February I'm <laughs> still watching holiday shows um but you know what I mean
0: yeah so how has body work and breath work helped you
1: yeah so you know in November I think it was the end of October that was like right after might have been as I was trying to get my colonoscopy scheduled or right around the time but I was just still like suffering um and again I just kind of felt like I was fighting it so and Through breathwork, I hired a um, woman named Janelle. She's absolutely incredible in the Denver area. I met her through this club called Archipelago, where she hosts breathwork, um, like a breathwork class, a few times a month. Um, And that's when I was really introduced to breathwork and the power of it. So I knew that if I wanted to, I just knew that breathwork was going to be a powerful part of my journey. So, breathwork for me, you know. So it's a lot of somatic. So I do somatic breath work a lot. So it's like, it starts with a big breath in your belly into your chest and then an exhale out. So it's like a And it, and you do that over and over again and you just get these sensations, but you can also come to terms. Um, it's like, you gain a lot of mental clarity, right? And a lot of letting go, a lot of like being present in the moment. Like you have to be present in that moment to breathe like that. So, A lot of what came through in that first breath of session that I had with her, it was a private one, was not fighting it anymore, like just accepting that this is where I'm at right now and not putting the pressure on myself to feel 100%. I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but when you're in the midst of health issues, sometimes we're like, maybe tomorrow, like I'll feel better. And then when you're not, you feel so much worse. So stop putting the pressure on yourself to feel 100% better. Because guess what? Right now, it's probably not your reality. So learning to just, like, not, not keep fighting it and just letting it go. And what I was breathing in a lot of was, like, the fact that I'm my own healer. I can heal myself. I don't need to rely on um, other people to heal me. And, yes, okay, we need Western medication. Like, I'm on med- I'm on Western medication. But um there's so much that we can do for ourselves in our in our journey, you know, and it just takes devotion and first of all belief that you can heal yourself. And that's one of the things that really came through. I wrote it on my whiteboard and actually still have those there. I am my own healer. And I say that sometimes, and like, I am my own healer. And I'm trying to learn to embody it. But yeah, that's what really came through in that breathwork work session and um. Yeah, there's just been a lot. I do breath work pretty often, and meditation, and sound feeling, and I feel like there's just so much clarity that it keeps gaining along the way, and accept, new levels of acceptance, right? There's times that when I'm doing breath work, or I just roll my eyes out thinking of having the chronic illness for the rest of my life, but then there's also a sense of, like, this has taught me so much, and I'm so grateful for it in other ways, and then my, per, like, my perspective switches around chronic illness, and that's why now I'm, like, I feel so empowered with my chronic illness, and I feel this, like, feel like I found my purpose through chronic illness, but it's through these practices that have helped me with that mindset shift,
0: you know, all right, that was a lot. <laughs> no, that's good. So, what have you learned from having chronic illness? Uh, well, you can't, you can never,
1: uh, what am I trying to say? There's no way to predict what's going to happen in life. Life can be so unexpected. But it's really taught me to build resiliency and like turning pain into power. And like I feel like I really can see the lessons in a lot of things. And, um, like now, I'm so grateful for my chronic illness because it might not have been the path that I thought I was going to have, but I think it's the path that I'm supposed to have. And I think I've just I think I've just learned a lot of resiliency. like, I know that, you know, having chronic illness, I'm like, okay, well, you know, this flare up flare-ups can happen, but I know that I can handle it. And I know that I can handle this thing that might happen, that thing that might happen. Okay, I can do this. I can I'm strong, I'm powerful. And it honestly gave me a lot of confidence in my life because because I've built so much resiliency. Um it's taught me patience with myself. It's taught me self compassion. Um, it's taught me. Um compassion for others. Like I've always been, you know, I I saw sickness at a very young age. My mom had stage four, um, non Hodgkin non lymphoma. My aunt had a brain tumor. I've been around people with illness, but it's so much different when you have experienced it and you understand like the mental tolls of people who experience chronic issues. Like it's just different when you after you've experienced something. So I feel like I have this new sense of empathy for and care for people with um chronic issues you know
0: saw me a lot <laughs> yeah that is a lot that's awesome what advice do you have for someone experiencing chronic pain or chronic illness
1: give yourself grace um, you know I think that's the first step because I like like we all say a lot of times you know people who have chronic issues sometimes there is a sense of um like low self-esteem Low self worth, you know, because we 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 put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And a lot of times, um, I find that a lot of people have like like workaholic tendencies, right? Like we're feeling the pressures of society, but we can't go to that capacity, right? We we, to, we end up burning ourselves out. We end up pushing ourselves to the point of a flare up, and then we're mad at ourselves when it happens, um, and yeah, like, we want to, we want to do what we used to do. Give yourself a grace, and um, what I try to remind myself is, like, I may not, you may not understand why it's happening, but just know that it's serving you in some way, and I'm not here to say, like, I don't think that everything happens for a reason, because there's some things that I don't understand, right, but if we can try to see that in some way this is serving us, whether that is teaching us more compassion, whether that is helping us build resiliency so we can handle more in life, um, there's something in there for you. You just have to dig deep and try to find it, you know?
0: Yeah. So where can we get more information about you?
1: Yeah. So I mostly use Instagram. I'm at journeytolimitless underscore. That's J-O-U-R-N-E-Y-T-O-L-I-M-I-T-L-E-S-S underscore. Um, And then I host Journey to Limitless podcast. So Journey to Limitless podcast is all about helping people overcome their hardship so they can go chase their dreams and um, find freedom and joy in their life right now, even through hardship. Um, That's why I'm I'm so excited about the podcast. I just relaunched it after all my health issues. And that's what I found that I think my purpose is I think I'm here to really help people overcome and um, stay strong through hardship so they can so love and
0: feeling like. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on and sharing your story with us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Make sure to su- subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any health parenting or life advice. For my freebie, go to 30 Ways to Relieve Pain Without Taking a Pill um, at hurts to mom.com slash tips or on my Instagram at hurts to mom.com under pain relief. If you have any comments, suggestions, or want to be on this podcast, email me at it to mom at gmail.com. I wish everybody a blessed day. Bye.